Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Whoop and Shoot Podcast. It is Trooper. And it's your boy Whoop. And on this podcast, we're going to do a full NFL draft, first round breakdown, and also a little bit of NBA at the end. But we're mainly going to be focusing on the NFL draft and everything involved with this, you know, really rare time of the year with the NFL where we get to see what teams really know what they're doing and what teams kind of don't. Uh, so just for the first round, obviously we're getting off with the first overall pick, which was the most obvious pick and not really was uh, up for debate. And that was Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. You know, he had an amazing career there, literally never lost a regular season game. Yep. He is a true winner. He has every single thing you want in a franchise quarterback. And he was a the no-brainer for the first overall pick. So good move by Jacksonville. Payne, I'm sure you agree. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson was absolutely unbelievable. And me being a Florida State uh, fan, he gave us uh, so many problems on the defensive side of the ball. Um, definitely the right choice for Jacksonville. Um, and he's going to be an immediate improvement uh, for this overall offense. So a great pick there. And then we move to number two. We had the New York Jets picking, and they selected Zach Wilson, which was also, um, besides Trevor Lawrence being the biggest lock in the draft, this was the second biggest lock. Everyone kind of knew that the Jets wanted Zach Wilson, and that was their plan. And I like it. They got rid of Darnold. They let, let in a fresh start for Zach Wilson, and they – I just like the move. I don't think I, agree. I don't think there was another move to make. And some people were saying they could have gone with Sewell um, or maybe gone receiver even that early. But I liked picking Zach Wilson here. What about you, Whoop? Yeah, I like Zach Wilson as well. Um, I agree that they could have gone like with an offensive lineman or something like that in Sewell because obviously their line was awful last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, a smart pick here. You know, Wilson's going to be like uh, Trevor Lawrence, an, an immediate improvement for this uh, Jets team. He's a good playmaker. He's a smart smart player just the only concerns are with him is you know the level of competition he faced like in the uh in college you know is he really gonna be ready for the nfl i think he yeah. will be i mean i understand he proved it so uh yeah good pick there i like the pick but i definitely can see questions in his game yeah. i mean he out of all of the top five quarterbacks he was the worst quarterback under pressure by right. like a long shot and yeah. he also had the least amount of pressure exactly um because he had such a great offensive line and like you said his competition like if coastal's getting pressure to you at like 200 and you know 20, 24, 240 pound, you know, stuff like that. Uh, undersized uh, defensive mm-hmm. uh, players. I mean, that's not that's not great. Yeah, you know they, their competition is not good, and he yeah. should be able to play against pressure better, right. especially because right. he's going to be facing a ton of pressure when he comes playing for the Jets, especially. Um, but yeah, still a good pick for this New York team. And then we moved to the number three spot where we had the San Francisco 49ers trading up um, to get this three spot, and we knew they were probably going to go quarterback here. Because Kyle Shanahan said that he was not for sure on Jimmy G even being on the team. Right. Showing that they were definitely going to go QB. And it was really between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Some people said Justin Fields, but I don't think he was even being considered here. It Mm. was really between those two. And they went with Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. He he didn't he didn't play this past year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm not a hundred percent. I thought he did, but he may not have. Um he may not have. I think you're right on that. Hold up. I think you're right. Um, don't quote me on that, but he definitely showed a lot of talent. I mean, oh, yeah. a similar person to compare him to would be Carson Wentz and what he did in North Dakota State winning multiple national championships because um, they are a FCS team, not FBS. Yeah. Or, yeah, they're FCS, not FBS. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he had a bunch of success there, and that's kind of like the similar, I guess, thing with when, Zach. Yeah, when you look at that kind of quarterback, when you look at Carson Wentz, like, well, oh, he yeah. translates to the league – a little bit, at least for those first few years. Right. Maybe a guy in a similar situation who in a similar like 
brought up coaching way right. is he can do the same. And they really went after him. I did not think his draft stock would be this high. He kind of came in as like the fifth quarterback on most people's like list. But as, as the draft went along and that you know the combine and different pro days, he really increased his draft stock all the way up to the number third overall pick, which is what I would not have rated him at. I thought he was the fourth best quarterback at yeah. the best. Um, I thought it would have been close between him and Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a little bit more pro-ready. Trey Lance is more of like a work in progress, kind of like how Patty Mahomes was right. with the Chiefs and how he sat under Alex Smith. That is what the 49ers are going to do with Jimmy G kind of over him, and then mm -hmm. Trey Lance takes the reins later on. But I don't know. I just I would have maybe I, waited. I, I didn't exactly like this pick so high. I think he could would have probably dropped to at least pick eight maybe at the highest. I don't mm -hmm. think those other teams were going QB right. behind them. I mean, if you look at who is behind them. Because, like, Mac Jones didn't get picked until, like, you know, the, Falcon, the 15th the guy. Fal the Falcons weren't going QB. Right. They, they, if they really wanted to, they would have taken Justin Fields. Yeah. And if, they went Kyle Pitts. They went the most logical pick. But then you look at the, the Bengals. The only team that really may have taken a quarterback would have been the Dolphins or maybe even the Panthers, just because even though the Panthers have Darnold, I mean, yeah, that they would be the only two teams because all the other teams are really quarterback ready. And then we see the Bears, obviously, because they moved up, but we'll get to them. But none of the teams yeah. in that area were needing a QB. So if, if you're the fourth best quarterback in this draft, you were getting picked into like the 15th. And whenever I say fourth best, I mean like you're picked fourth. So like if Trey Lance was a pick third, he would have fell back to like where Mac Jones had fell. Well, Mac Jones the fifth. He where, where did he go? He went fifth. Yeah, he was the he was the fifteenth. Oh, he was fifteenth, but he's fifth quarterback. Yeah, pick. right, right. Because Fields was fourth. Right. Um, but I thought that Fields was the third best, and he was. I, I wouldn't have picked Fields at third either, so that's why I was like mm, really going for the fourth best. Because right. I I'll give it to him. I think Trey Lance is going to be a better pro than Mac Jones, but I don't like him at the number three spot. That's just my honest opinion. I I hey, I would have taken Fields over Lance as well. Yeah, I just from what I, I saw know. in I person. Just, I don't know if I really have faith in him translating immediately, but hey. Um, we saw with Patrick Mahomes, you know, if you actually look at his like um, draft, his pre-draft stuff, people were saying how he's like obviously got a strong arm, but he's got terrible decision making. He makes questionable throws. Yeah. He he obviously has good mobility, but sometimes it's like questionable mobility, and he like a lot gets like kind of caught from behind by D line, right. like dumb sacks. And then, I mean, that's the guy who we're calling the greatest quarterback of all time now, behind Brady. Literally, we're literally already saying that just because we see the what he can be. Yeah. So, potential. All these things of us like guessing this quarterback's going to be who, it's kind of all BS. I oh, mean, yeah. obviously we have all these amazing NFL minds doing this, and we're reading what they say. But nobody expected Tom Brady videos. to be what he. Yeah, as he's a six-round pick. Six-round pick, exactly. There's so many. I think it was the AFC actually. 14 out of their 16 quarterbacks were first-round picks. Right. And then the NFC, it was something like eight or ten. Don't mm -hmm. quote me on that, but like, I mean, that's only half. That's a good bit. So, yeah. but like, it just it depends on the team, and there still is a chance that. Although these first round guys are the ones we're ooing and eyeing over because of the, the top 15 picks. You could have they, a guy like Kellen all, Mond. All of those guys could be garbage, and Kellen Mond ends up being the best quarterback. Yeah, I knows? mean, obviously, it's not what we're saying right now, but it's just crazy how the draft can be and what we see. So maybe, like, they, maybe that's what the 49ers see with taking Lance three. Maybe they see, like, well, he's a we great, need to get this steal. We yeah. need to work on him and mold him into an NFL, like, perfect quarterback because he really shows the signs of mm -hmm. being one. But just right now, I don't, I don't think that was the move. But. Yeah, that's me. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he's an athletic playmaker. He, uh, you know, the concerns with him is his accuracy. He's mm -hmm. got a great arm. So, I mean, it's yeah. every it's everything you're looking for in, like, you know, for a quarterback. But uh, I agree with you. I mean, I don't know if I would have taken him that high. But, like, you know, you can always speculate and stuff like that. And then you could have a guy like Kellen Mond um, who could be, like, the best quarterback in this draft. It's hard to say 
right now. You can just go based off of like what you see. And like what I saw, I would have taken Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields was I think I think he was second. I mean, I like Zach Wilson, but I'm, if I'm going based off of who uh, you know these quarterbacks had to play, the defenses they had to play, you know the type of teams, you know the difficulty that you know Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields had to face was a lot harder than you know Zach Wilson and uh, Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for that reason, I think I'm taking Justin Fields second because he's got a great arm. He's got a uh, a good as good an arm as any of, of all these quarterbacks. Um, not Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Well, not not as – yeah, maybe not Trevor Lawrence, but he's not too far behind Zach Wilson. I mean, he's got a cannon. You saw what he did in that his uh, pro day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he can throw the ball, you know, far enough, obviously. But uh, I don't know. Um, but as far as Trey Lance goes, I mean, it's a solid pick. He'll get experience under um, Jimmy G, so there's nothing to like. And Kyle Shanahan's you know. a great offensive mind. He literally right. got Matt Ryan an MVP. Right. Matt so, freaking Ryan has an MVP. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's all you have to know that he can make quarterbacks good. Yeah. And then moving to the fourth pick, speaking of Kyle Shanahan's former team and Matt Ryan, we have the Atlanta Falcons who selected, like I said earlier, Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. He's a tight end, but he really could be a receiver. I mean, he's 6'6, 240, running a literal 4'4 yeah. in the 40 yard dash. I mean, if you're that athletically gifted, then there's no way you're not going to be an NFL star. It's just a fact. He's going to be a visa tight end. He's already, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to be in this NFL league because of how he dominated college football and really carried that Florida team along with Kyle Trask. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Kyle Pitts was almost the lock of this draft to be the first skilled player. I mean, even if if these quarterbacks weren't – if we didn't have such a heavy quarterback class, he would have been like a top three pick for Easy. sure. And, yeah, he was kind of the smartest pick to make. And I was surprised Atlanta didn't do something dumb and maybe pick – Justin Fields just sporadically at four because people were taking quarterbacks. I don't even know. I thought they could have maybe traded back, which is what I was speculating or heard was speculated for them to do was them going to trade back to like maybe the 10 spot and get a team to give them like a ton of picks. But that did not end up happening, and they selected Kyle Pitts. So I don't hate the move. I think it was the smart, like logical pick, and he's going to be a good pro no matter what. So I think it's a good move. Yeah, I like Kyle Pitts too. I mean, he's a freaking nature. Runs a four three, and if you compare three, yeah, and you compare him with you know Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, that's going to be great for this team. So uh, I mean, really smart pick there. Yeah, and then moving to the five spot, you know, I like this pick. Obviously, Jamar Chase, yeah. my boy out of LSU, our set records when he had our amazing twenty nineteen run. He was a fantastic wide receiver, the most pro ready wide receiver. Obviously, meaning he was the first one taken, so that was kind of obvious and. It's a good pick, but well, the, team, they, them, the team did not need this. Yeah. I mean, obviously they need uh, some more offensive weapons, but what they really need is a new, for Office sure, lineman. for sure, Hall, well, not Hall of Fame, for sure, All Pro lineman. I mean, this guy. Whenever like, we see these top lineman prospects taken in the first round, we usually like know they're going to be good. I mean, Eric right. Fisher was the first overall pick on the Chiefs a few years back. Yeah. He's been a stud on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when you see these guys, you know to take them and. The Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines in all of the, the league. Worst. Joe Burrow literally broke his knee in 45 different places. That's an exaggeration. Because he got sacked yeah. in the bottom. He was in the bottom half of like all sack categories and like having any bit of uh, protection in the pocket. So why not take the lineman here? I love Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow having that little duo because obviously they're going to have a great chemistry. But they needed to take Sewell here, Panay Sewell out of Oregon, if you didn't know who we were talking about when we yeah. said Sewell. Or Ray Sean Slater. Yeah, so, but I, I, like, I take Sewell. But I like Sewell one first. Of them, at least. Yeah, at least one of those two. Yeah, because Chase is amazing. Trust me. But I don't know. It wasn't wasn't the move in my eyes. I agree. I mean, Jamar Chase is going to be great, and that duo will end up being great. But uh, 
you got to have protection first because without the protection, Burrow wouldn't be able to get the ball to his receivers. So. I mean, I'm I'm super excited because I love watching them play together. But like, it's still going to be a struggle as, for Burrow as a management there. decision. Management decision. You're, you're, that was not the move. In my yeah, case. your your franchise quarterback is, just got injured. He's still recovering from an injury that, and you know you need offensive linemen. And what do you do? You go and get a wide receiver, which will be great. But I'm it'll be entertaining. You. But let's just hope Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt next year because then as, exactly. soon, as, as soon as he gets hurt, everyone's like, "Nice job, nice way to not pick school." Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Your your star quarterback just gets hurt. You, you got to be thinking about like what's going to protect him. Not like I mean. I don't know. I'm, I would have gone with Sewell for sure. Yeah, and then we have the sixth spot. We had the Miami Dolphins, who also traded into the spot from the Eagles, and they selected Jalen Waddle, the receiver yeah. out of Alabama, pairing him with his former quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. This one made a lot more sense. They have a much more solid offensive line than the Bengals. The Dolphins also have a much more solid defense, meaning they didn't need to go defense side of the ball. So they could go weapon here, yeah. and Tua has been the biggest struggle of their team by far. They got rid of Fitzpatrick, so they needed to really make him comfortable, and they did that. They got his best receiver from Alabama. Yeah. Um, some may debate Devontae Smith just I because like he won the Heisman. I love Devontae's character. We'll get to him in a little. But if you look at just pro readiness, I do understand why scouts do say Jalen Waddle is the best quarterback – I mean quarterback, best wide receiver, wide receiver out of Alabama in the second in this draft. So I'm not going to debate that. So – or rather saying I like this pick. I think it's yeah. I think it's smart because Tua needs that – someone to make him feel he comfortable. He needs a safety blanket. To be honest, he has no one that looks exactly. at that on the Dolphins. He doesn't look like he has anyone no. he has like real – chemistry with it's always him just fumbling the bag out there it's yeah. literally just Fitzpatrick has to come save him and now he doesn't have that so he they really needed to get weapon. so I like what they did here yeah I like Jalen Waddle a lot here whether it was him or Devontae Smith he just needed somebody who could be like that safety blanket for him you know yeah. Devontae Parker is your number one option he I mean he's a solid wide receiver but he's not a number one yeah and for this uh Dolphins team to you know improve and you know be like a top five seed in the uh, AFC or something like that, or may or continue to be a playoff team. Yeah, I think this was definitely uh, much needed for Tua and this Dolphins off Dolphins offense. So yeah, I like Jalen Waddle here. Now the seventh spot we have the Detroit Lions, and they finally did take Panay Sewell out of yeah. Oregon, a beastly offensive tackle like we were talking about earlier. He was going to be a top three pick, but this year had so many amazing skill positions and also quarterbacks like we've said. Yeah, so that is why he dropped the seventh spot. He was. He was like gonna be a top five pick, so I thought it was a logical pick from the Lions. They didn't, oh. think, they didn't overthink it. They didn't go, hey, which is let's go receiver. Hey, let's, because I feel like whenever teams start like going kind of like not off the radar, but going ballsy, taking receivers yeah. like that, people will feel the need to do the same. But they took the logical best on the board guy, which I think when teams take the best on the board guy, it usually ends up being the smarter thing. So good move by the Lions here. Yeah, um, this was the Lions uh, thought. He, uh, uh, thought going into who they were picking, they're like, okay, well, we got this trash quarterback, Jared Goff. We know he's going to be holding on to the ball for three seconds. Who can we get to uh, give him as much time as he needs? Because we know without picking an offensive lineman here, he's toast. It, it, he's toast because he also he has zero mobility. He can't, he can't get rid of the ball. He has zero mobility. Matt you know, Ryan, faster forty than him. We're going with Peyton, Peyton Manning and uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, I might take Peyton Manning. I mean, sheesh. Yeah, I'm really, slow he I'm really glad the Lions picked Sewell here because without that, I mean, Jared Goff, he does not get rid yeah. of the ball. So, good move, pick there. good move by Detroit. And then we have the eighth spot. We have the Carolina Panthers, and they traded up for this. Yeah, and they got J.C. Horn, which is all right. I mean, it's solid. I, I okay. I can. Some people think Pat Sertain. Or I would take Sertain is the best cornerback in this draft. I think Horn's the best man coverage corner. I think Pat Sertain's a little better overall. But Horn is just an absolute beast. I like – I mean, he's a Carolina boy. That's where I'm going to college. So, go Cox, baby. Yeah. Good pick. First overall, first defensive player off the board. Big respect to him. 
I don't know if I would have taken him this high. I think he could have easily dropped to the 15s range um, later first round. You know, some a lot of people were saying Sertain's definitely the best cornerback. So I, he could have at least I, – I didn't think any of the other teams were going to go cornerback. You know, there was another defensive player besides yeah. the Broncos right behind him who took him – another defense, the last defensive player after Sertain at nine was um, Jalen Phillips, a D-end or no. The last corner, the next cornerback taken was Caleb Farley at, at 22. 22. So unless they wanted to take Michael Parsons as a linebacker, no, nah, he's but but uh, they weren't going to do that. They yeah, did, yeah. I was I was just I don't know. I love J.C. Horn, but I I think he could have gone a little bit move a little bit lower in the draft or a little bit higher in the draft. So like higher as like higher. Yeah, number. yeah. So I don't know. I think Carolina jumped the gun. This is really the only picks I've had a problem with up up to this point have been the 49ers and them being the Carolina Panthers, making kind of jump the gun decisions in my eyes. And obviously J.C. Horn's a great player, but I think they could have got him, maybe traded back and got him at a better price. Yeah, maybe so. I like, mean, he could have at least been 15. They could, If they wanted J.C. Horn and that was their man, they could have traded back and got him is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they could have. Um, I mean, when I look at this team, you know, they already got a quarterback in Sam Darnold, so they're, they're not really looking for that. And uh, this – uh, Panthers team ranked 18th in defense last year. So, you know, you may be looking for, you know, somebody, a skilled player on the defensive side of the ball. So, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with J.C. Horn. I guess they may have seen saw something in Horn that they didn't see in Sertan, something they liked a little bit more. Um, I'm not unhappy with this pick, and I kind of, kind of agree with you that they could have maybe gotten him at a better price, you know. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's, it's still a solid pick because I don't know who, who else you would have really gone with unless it was, you know, Sertan if you're going for a defensive-minded uh, player. Yeah, I know. I just thought if they were going to go defense, they could have traded back because the teams behind them were definitely going to be going quarterback and receiver. I mean, the Cowboys went defense and so did the Broncos, but the Broncos yeah. were just going to take whatever cornerback they didn't take. So, right. I don't know. I think the Panthers could have played it a little bit smarter here. I still like the player. just think they could have played it smarter. Yeah. And then, like we said, they took – Let's say you don't want to take that risk yeah. of maybe him going off the board. Who knows? I see what you're saying, but I it would not have happened. I, I promise you. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then, like we said, Pat Sertain taken at nine by the Broncos. He was the most logical pick, best overall player. And like I said earlier, best overall player on the board. Usually when teams take that guy, it ends up being the smart move. Um, he's from Alabama, you know, make you a fantastic pro making school. They literally yeah. have the most pros from any college. Breed winners. Um, yeah, they just make a bunch of great athletes. And, yeah, solid pick. Then we get to the 10 spot where the Eagles actually traded up from their 12 spot that they traded back from previously. No, that's not confusing. But now we are the 10 spot, and we took Devontae Smith out of Alabama, Heisman winner. I love this pick, man. Great I pick. mean, Jalen Hurts, he's our new franchise quarterback. At least we're going to give him the chance to be it this year. And why not give him the best chance possible by getting him his favorite weapon from Alabama? Like I said, we've seen two other teams do the exact same thing, make it the third in this draft already at the number 10 spot, pairing a young quarterback with their old college buddy. So I love this move. I think this is going to make Jalen very comfortable on our offense and Devontae Smith, I don't care what you say. He's undersized. He's too skinny. That's absolute bull crap. If you win a Heisman trophy by being the best receiver in football and everyone agrees, there's no way you're too small. That just shows that you're too quick. Like, yeah. And you're too fast. Uh, it's excuses because that guy is just that skilled. You can say all you want about his body, but he's still a freak of nature. And I have high expectations for what he's going to do in this league. And yeah, I'm pretty Excited just to watch him play. Oh, I'm really excited about this pick. I've always thought Devontae Smith was the best wide receiver from Bama, even whenever they had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and guys like that. I've always thought – I've loved him. I mean, he's been a great uh, great route runner. Everything you want um, out of a wide receiver, and he's especially great in space. And he's going to be great for Jalen Hurts, just getting settled into this offense in his second season and just, you know, um, 
just going to get rhythm plays out there, rhythm throws, and just he's going to be like that safety blanket that uh, Jalen Waddle is for Tua. So, uh, mm-hmm. so great picks there. Going to be a great duo and uh, a lot of chemistry, and I think good things are to come for the Eagles. Finally, their management makes a great pick. Yeah, you know, usually we love to pick the off-the-radar receiver, like, you know, taking Jalen Rager or freaking Justin Jefferson. Uh, we just love to make the bonehead yeah. move. Kyrie Roseman usually likes to screw it up, but, hey, we made the logical pick here and did the actual smart thing, so I was yeah. happy. And then at the 11th spot, we had the Bears trade up with the Giants. Oh, no, we traded back with the Giants. Who yeah. Did, the Bears traded the Bears with, are the 20th pick. Yeah, the Bears traded with the – The 11th pick was the uh, – Gi- wait, it was the Giants, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, we traded – oh, yeah, sorry. We traded with the Cowboys and they – all Giants and Cowboys. traded yeah. with the Cowboys right. and with the uh, Giants. Right. So at the 11th spot, the Bears took Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Good pick. Um. Smart pick here. Really? The Bears need a quarterback, and this is the best quarterback in the draft as of this pick. So why not take him? Especially when you get a steal because he is the third pick or the third best quarterback, in my opinion, in this draft over Trey Lance. So you're kind of getting a steal, a little bang yeah. for your buck at the 11 spot. So why not? I like this move for the Bears. It's going to be a good fit. He's an amazing athlete and he has an absolute cannon, like you said. So I'm excited to see what he can do with Chicago. It's going to be tough because they're known as the quarterback graveyard, but. <laughs> Yeah, let's. He's if anyone can uh, change that narrative, it's him. So why not? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, I agree with everything you just said. And uh, there's not really much uh, else for me to say. He's going to be, you know, a great player. He's going to turn this offense in the right right direction, and he's going to be paired, you know, alongside with a great defense. So big things to come for this uh, Bears organization. I think they'll be a playoff team with just having this guy because that's what they've been missing is just you know uh, a talented quarterback. A talented quarterback. They've had an amazing defense. They have amazing right. offensive weapons, and they, they made the have... playoffs last year with you know Mitchell Trubisky. So yeah, I mean. What can they do and with Justin Coles. Fields? So, yeah. yeah. And then we have the 12 spot, like we said, trading with the Eagles. We have the Cowboys back there taking Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. He is an absolute freak of nature. I hate the Cowboys. I hate everything about them. And this is a smart pick. They made their defense better because their defense always sucks terribly. So they picked an absolute unit on the linebacking core. He's fast as all get out. He's kind of like an Isaiah Simmons guy for those Clemson fans who you know what I'm talking about. He plays for – who does that say? He plays for the Cardinals now. Um, but, yeah, Micah Parsons is really similar to him, a really quick linebacker. Yeah. And, yeah, just a super logical pick by the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's great in um, rush defense. He's he's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's exactly what the Cowboys need and uh, an immediate improvement on this defensive side of the ball. Great pick there. So, yeah. Then we have the 13th spot. We have the L.A. Chargers taking Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. You know, between Sewell and him, some people even like Slater over Sewell. But these are the two – Big O tackles in the line in the in the draft that we knew were going to be high picks, and I think the Chargers got a steal here, getting him at thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. You know they were like Joe Burrow with the Bengals, one of the least protected teams with their rookie quarterbacks. Joe Justin Herbert was getting banged up just like Joe Burrow was, so you knew the Chargers really needed to go O line here to protect the real prize of their team. Yeah, so they made the logical pick, unlike the dumb Bengals, and took the lineman. So I think Slater's going to be an All Pro guy. Oh yeah, so. Good pick, yeah. Oh, best overall guy, smart pick. Right. These te- some some teams played it smart, some play- some teams didn't, but good move by the Chargers. Yeah, you got your rookie of the year with Justin Herbert last year, and then you're adding on, you know, pass protection. That's going to be, his, you know, his bread and butter for uh, for uh, Justin Herbert, and exactly. it's just a Christmas gift uh, for this Chargers organization and uh, Herbert. And, uh, yeah, so uh, great pick there, and I think this team will definitely be better because of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the 14th spot. We have – Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard out of USC, taken to the Jets. I'm not going to lie to you and even act like I know who this guy is because I really do not. But you know what? The Jets really 
could use some. I heard the Jets actually took like four offensive players in their first four picks. Smart. Yeah. The, you know, the Jets don't have anything of offense. Offense, exactly. So why not? So I, I guess it's a good pick for the Jets. But yeah, what do you think, Luke? Oh, I mean, it's great. You know, it, unlike the Bengals and like what we've been saying, I mean, skilled players are great. They're the best players in the game. But you're, I mean, right here, it's it's about what your team needs. And team need is and, is more important than the best guy on the board. Exactly. But it depends on the situation. I mean, I I've well, been, obviously sometimes the best overall guy on the board isn't what you need, but sometimes you really want him. Kind of like Jamar Chase. Exactly. And with this in this Jets organization, though, okay, I mean, we don't need a guy who's going to be like a star out there because. Our, our program, our organization can't grow from the ground up unless we get, we get these things that can start from the bottom. So then, you know, as we go along, then we can, you know, maybe think about in a couple of years drafting guys who will, you know, be the face of our franchise. Right now we just got to get our franchise going in the right direction. And uh, so what we need to do now is pick things that we desperately need. And what they go what they um, go and do, they went and picked uh, Tucker, which is exactly what they need. So, uh, so yeah, good pick there. And then um, the 15th pick is uh, – Mac Jones. Um, yeah, you know my boy Mac, Big Mac, uh, Large <laughs> Mac. That dude is a tank. Quarterback out of Alabama. He had every single weapon with him in college. So a lot of people are saying that his credit or his his like talent is coming from the credibility. I mean, yeah, his credibility is coming from all these weapons around him. I obviously that's going to play a part when you're playing at a great school, but you still have to be able to get the ball there. You have to be able to make these quick decisions. You have to be the leader on the team. So. I still have a ton of respect for Mac Jones, even though people call him the lifelong backup. I think he can be a decent pro, especially when he's got picked to the absolute perfect place in New England. You got yeah. Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time. That's going to be the perfect way to get coached up to be an absolute, actual good pro. I mean, if he would have gone to like the Jets, I actually think he would have sucked. Yeah. Like, or yeah. maybe the Bears. Those are death traps. Like I said, the quarterback graveyard. Those are not places where you're right. going to grow as a quarterback. You're I mean, you saw to, what happened with Sam Darnold. Yeah. So. You go to coaching is so key, especially. For I have high expectations for Mac Jones going into um, New England, just just because Bill Belichick and the offense that he's ran before, and just everything with that team, the winning culture. I think he coming from a guy who got coached by Nick Saban now to being coached by Bill Belichick, he's at the best coaching in all of football. Like he's yeah, he's got to be at least decent, you know. And you know the the Patriots they went out and they got a couple of you know solid Big players Titans. right and um and I think they got like I'm I'm blanking on his name but I know they got like like one or two wide receivers who mm-hmm. were pretty solid yeah so you know now with Mac Jones I mean that's exact that's exactly what Mac Jones will need you know it'll he'll be patient he he'll, he'll fit right into the system you know and I don't agree with people have been saying about hey you know. He's had all this talent, and yeah, he did. But I don't. It think- is, I feel like it's really only because he was a backup for so many years, yeah. And because there's pictures of him looking like totally fat as crap, right. and they're like, "Oh, Big Mac, he sucks." But it's like memes. But if you really look at look at him and you break his down play. his play, he's he's an extremely cerebral player. He's got great a IQ. Huge arm. He makes the smart plays, and that's what you need to do as a rookie in this league. Is you don't need to come out here and be like you know the next big thing. It, yeah, he can grow. Be- he can grow into the quarterback that he's going to become. And he just makes the smart plays, and you know lets the players around him, um, you know, kind of excel. Or, or you know elevate his play. That's all. That's all that you got to do is just be a good game manager, and I think that's mm-hmm. what he will be. So and that he was the 15th pick, meaning we were halfway through the NFL draft first round right now. And we're gonna take a quick back and be back with the second part of this podcast. We are back with the second half of this NFL draft breakdown. The 16th pick was Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa, drafted by. The Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, solid linebacker, solid, you know, explosive, uh, good, um, good defender, and uh, great on the edges. Uh, 
I mean, solid pick here. I mean, this is kind of what the Cardinals need. Their defense has been kind of lackluster, low Very mediocre, lackluster. too mediocre. They got a little bit better as the season went on. But overall, not a great defensive team. Um, but I think he'll be nice with, you know, Buda Baker and Jake Kirkpatrick. And Isaiah Kirk Simmons. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons as well. That'll be uh, two good players in the middle of that defense. And like one of the things we've harped on throughout this podcast, taking the most – the best player on the board is usually the smartest thing. And at the time, he was either the – I know the first or second best player on the board, according to Mel Kuyper. Mm-hmm. So, I like this move. And then at the 17th spot, we have the Las Vegas Raiders taking Alex Leatherwood, tackle out of Solid. Alabama. He actually was picked a little high here. Some were saying a second-round talent, uh, late first. But he was – I mean, dude, you listen to Lewis Riddick yeah. and all those guys talk about him. He, he was taken way too high. But sometimes your team needs something, and you have to exactly. just go after it. And this Raiders team really needs protection. So I don't hate the move. I think he was taken too high, which isn't like can't isn't the biggest gripe in the world, but still a gripe with um this pick. I mean, if you watch the Raiders this past season, Derek Carr almost had like absolutely no pass protection at all. And you already have Sewell, Slater, and then Tucker taken before, you know, um the Raiders have the pick. So I think this is a solid pick taking Leatherwood, because this is comes back to the thing that the Jets had to do. You gotta go with team need sometimes before you go with a skill player. Um, because that's what your team ultimately needs the most. And I think, I mean, I like the pick here. I mean, maybe he went a little bit too high in terms of skill set and stuff like that. But I think as far as offensive tackles, if he's the best available and that's what your uh, organization needs, I think you got to go with it. So I think he's still solid there. And then the 18th spot, we have the Dolphins picking um, a DN out of Miami for the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Phillips. Um, a good pick here. He's a yeah. good DN, uh, very explosive off the edge, and solid pick in my eyes. Yeah, agree with Chandler here. Solid and then 19 the – sorry to cut you off. 19, we have the football team taking Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky. Jamin's actually – I remember watching a few of his games. He's very explosive. He is a tackling machine. And usually these SEC defensive players, especially linebackers and DNs, are usually some of the, like, end up being the best pros, Um, especially when you, like yeah. – I remember when I'm always, like, listening to, like, Monday or something like football, and I'm hearing teams, like, uh, like you know, the, like the defensive player, like the offensive mm-hmm. starting lineups, like say they're colleges. I'll hear like so many SEC schools, especially on the defensive end, because that's really where I feel like the SEC right. shows their true colors is from the amount of NFL pros that are defensive players. So good move here by the football team for sure at the 19 spot. And then we go to the 20 spot where the New York Giants had traded back, um, and they ended up taking Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida. Another pick here where. I don't think the Giants could needed to take Tony this high. He could they could have traded all the way back down to like 28, 29, and then they could have taken Tony. I mean, if you look at all the people, their only other receiver taken after him was Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. And that was it. I mean, I think they really shot the or shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I was trying to figure out what I was gonna go yeah. with that. But yeah. I just think they took Tony way too high here. I like him as a receiver. He's not bad. He has a little bit of a drop problem, but he's an absolute speedster and he has played um, along Kyle Pitts into that early high-powered offense with Kyle Trask as well. And I think he's a good player, but I just like I said, he's going to be a guy taken to that late first round, maybe even start of the second round area. So I don't think he should have gone 20, but yeah, that's just me. Um, Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, He may have went a little bit too low. Um, low as is as in, as in good, you know, taken early. But uh, I think, you know, like you said, he's a great playmaker, and I think it's still solid. He'll be paired with, you know, Kenny Galladay and uh, the rest of this Giants receiving core who – are looking on the upside, and it looks like it's going to be a bright future. So, we'll see if Daniel I mean, Jones we'll can see. actually be that franchise guy. Yeah. Because if he's not after this year, I think the Giants are definitely going to be going QB in this next draft. Exactly. Um, and the only another reason I had a problem with the pick was because they traded out of the 10 spot with the Eagles, which or not with Devontae the Eagles, Smith yeah. with the um, well with the, with the, the Bears. Yeah, well, yeah, out of the 11 spot with the Bears, Bears. and they could have gone 
receiver oh. receiver there, but mm-hmm. they didn't. And I don't know. It looked like they just got scared because you know the Eagles traded up to get the receiver, and they were like, I think they were going to go Devonte Smith, and so then they had to trade back. And instead of you know, well, Smith had been drafted by then because he was drafted ten. Yeah, exactly. That's what right. I'm saying. Okay. The Eagles traded up to ten oh, to get him. Yeah, right. And they were like, well, that's our guy, so we're going to trade back. And yeah, they yeah. still they still went after the same position though, which is kind of I don't know. It just felt dumb to me. Yeah. Um. They could have addressed a, b- a bunch of other needs, maybe on the defensive end. I know they have a good defense, but there were some there were some holes there they needed to address. Um, maybe even going lineman. I mean, there were just some other moves I thought they could have made right. instead of getting Tony here. Um, hey, we'll see. Maybe Kadarius Tony has an absolute insane rookie year, but just my thoughts. It, it wasn't a smart pick for me. Right. Um, at the twenty-one spot, I do like this pick. Um, Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, just to add on to this amazing Indianapolis Colts defense, taking out the twenty-one spot. He is an absolute beast. And like I said, this Colts defense is extremely good. So he's just going to be surrounded with a bunch of talent. Darius Leonard, you know, um, where did he go to college? Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? The linebacker. Uh, um, it's a super sm- – I'm going to look it up. But, yeah, I like this pick. It's He's going to mold well with this defense. And, yeah, I think it's a good pick by the Colts. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like what, you know, the Washington football team did with uh, getting Davis. You know, they're just – South Carolina State. Yeah. Yeah, he went to a yeah. really small school. And he uh, – I think he actually led the league in tackling. Yeah, uh, two years ago or yeah. a year ago. Yeah, I was saying like you know, just like kind of like what the Washington football team did with Davis. You know, just adding on to an already elite defense. Colts did the same thing here. I think it's a really smart move. And uh, and um, yeah, I like I like Quiddy Pay. He's gonna be he has a bright future, and I think he's gonna fit uh, really well with this Colts defense. And then in the twenty two spot, we have Caleb Farley, um, selected to the Tennessee Titans by Virginia Tech or out of Virginia Tech. Sorry, and I really like this pick. Caleb Farley same. is an absolute um, stud. Um, quote me if I'm wrong. He got hurt this past season. And, oh, yeah, he did. Or it was it two years ago or this past season? I think it was this past season. Yeah. Pretty sure. And so his play was limited, but he is an absolute stud. When you watch his film, he is just all over the field. He literally stands out amongst his entire yeah. defense. You know where he is at all times. So I really like this pick for the Titans, especially because they have such a awesome. high-powered offense and they really need defensive help. So this is a smart pick. Yeah, uh, especially in the cornerback uh, area. They're absolutely awful. Um uh, there in the secondary and uh, this guy he's going to be a guy who can change the whole landscape of this defense bring immediate you know uh change and uh improvement to this uh overall defense and especially the secondary a great pick here um i really like this pick and it goes back to the team needs thing um he it's it's exactly what they needed so uh yeah i like caleb farley here yeah and then we have at the 23 spot we have the Vikings taking Christian Darisol, the tackle out of tech as well, or not as well, but like just like yeah, Kale yeah. Farley. And this was another pick that I really liked because the Vikings needed some pass protection, and Christian Darisol was the best player on the board and the best offensive lineman left. So why not go with him? And also, I thought this really showed that the Raiders look kind of dumb because they went with Alex Leatherwood, who a lot of people did not even have in their first round, yeah. maybe even their second round. Yeah. So they took him at 17 instead of taking Christian Darisol, who some people – who almost consensus of all people had over Alex Leatherwood. So questionable move there. Um, and credit to the Vikings for making a smart move here. Yeah, I kind agree. Of, uh, some people said the steal of the draft. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I like this pick here. It's going to uh, be perfect for Dalvin Cook in that running game. It's going to open up um, plenty of holes for him and give a uh, good pass protection to Kirk Cousins. So uh, uh, smart uh, pick there. And then we have the 24 spot. We had the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. This is like the freaking sixth or seventh Alabama player taking in this first round. Absolutely insane. But, yeah, Najee Harris is an absolute stud. We see with every single Alabama running back besides, like, Trent Richardson and uh, Eddie Lacy. But they're all usually super good and talented. 
and yes. when it comes to translating to the pros. So I like this move for the Steelers, and I'm I think he's going to do well with them. I think this is uh this might be my favorite pick of the whole first round, just simply because of how late he went and how good I think he is. When you like look at the Steelers team, I mean, there was a lot of times where this year they would just do like two yard passes to get like first downs and stuff to the outside because their running game they could get anything established. You know, James they really Con- need him exactly. James Conner was hurt uh, for a little bit, and I think you know bringing Nigel Harris and I, and I and I'm pretty sure he'll be the uh, starting running back over Connor. Maybe not. It'll be some competition it, between them. Will make him get better. I think it should be Harris, but I think he's going to develop into something really, really good. Just mm-hmm. watching him at Alabama, I, I think this is a, one of the best picks uh, in this first round and exactly what the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers need. So uh, and, uh, great uh, pick there. And on the topic of running back, we have the 25 spot, the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Travis Etienne yeah. to pair with Trevor Lawrence, um, his teammate from Clemson, and almost a Heisman winning running back. I mean, he finished, I think it was fifth in the Heisman voting this year, and yeah. it was – it may have been – I forget what it was the year before, but he has been a star of the college football scene. So good move by the Jaguars here, especially putting two teammates together for the fourth time in this first round. Yeah. You have college teammates pairing up. Yeah. And I like this move. It's really going to make Trevor Lawrence feel super comfortable back there in a new home, mm-hmm. so overall new setting, especially a little intimidating coming on to the, all the pressure that's going to be on him this year. So I really like this move from Urban Meyer and Jacksonville. I do too. I mean, this Jaguars offense is going to be looking um, really nice because now with Trevor Lawrence um, um, in the passing game, and then you have Travis Etienne coming in and uh, giving you know James Robinson that uh, dynamic threat uh, where you can go from one one running back to the other, and uh, just you can give each player uh, constant breaks like that. Uh, that's that's going to be really helpful for the Jaguars uh, offense, and I think. Uh, you know, the future's bright there. That's that's uh, great, great picks by this organization. So, yeah. And then at the 26th spot, we have the Browns taking Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of Northwestern. Um, was one of the consensus um, best players on the board at the time. Mm-hmm. And like I've harped on for probably the 10th time this podcast, taking the best overall guy, sometimes just the smartest move. So, good move by the Browns to increase their already pretty talented and stacked up defense. Then moving to the 27th spot, we have the Ravens taking Rashad Bateman, the receiver out of Minnesota. You know, Lamar's kind of lacked a little bit of weapons here and there, especially in the receiving area. Really all he has is Hollywood Brown at times, it feels like. And yeah. sometimes he's not even enough because he has kind of a drop problem. So I like that they address receiver in the first round and went after Bateman, who really looks like he's going to be a solid pro. Yeah. So good move by the Ravens here. I agree with you there, man. Um, Saints at the 28th spot took the DN Peyton Turner from Houston. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys and say that I know a ton about Peyton Turner. But from the little bit of stuff I saw from the draft, he looked pretty legit. And – yeah, I don't. I don't hate this pick. You know, seems legit to me from the Saints. It's a, it's a late first round pick. There's not really, it's not. It's kind of tough to make a mistake when you get to this kind of pick range. You're yeah. kind of just trying to take the best available dude and be smart. Right. So I like this move. A pick we can question though. The 29th pick with the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they got burned because they're – what is his name? Something King. It's like Jadarius King. Derek King? Yeah, or yeah. De'Aaron King. It's is like the, Derek with – Yeah, the yeah. cornerback for the Packers who got literally wrecked in that Bucks nfc Championship game. Yeah. He just got diced up. Yeah. So they did need to address cornerback a little bit. But also, eight hours before this draft – we haven't even talked about this yet. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers said he didn't want to play game. for the Green Bay Packers, the reigning MVP. I mean, crap, that's insane. Why would you not go offense to make this guy stay? Yeah. I don't care. You can literally just go get a free agent or trade for a right. quarterback. Get a good quarterback in other ways in the second round. Don't do not do it here. I mean, hey, maybe Eric yeah. Stokes is absolutely insane, so this could be, end up being a good pick. But if you want to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, which you haven't because he literally already said he wants to leave, 
then take a freaking receiver. Exactly. Give him a weapon. You don't give him crap. All you give him is Devontae Adams say, hey, work with it, buddy. And that's literally what he does. So they didn't help out Aaron Rodgers. They did not make him happier. And I think this is almost like the nail in the coffin. The final bang on the nail. It's over. He is. I think he's gone. I don't think he's going to stay. I'm with you there. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. And um, and I agree. I think this is adding fuel to the fire without yeah, taking it's, a receiver. It's only really gaslighting. It's like it's you like might as well on, pick man. Jordan Love again. Exactly. Jeez. I mean, come on. It's like I mean, this is it should be kind of obvious if you want to have if you have any intention of keeping you know your Hall of Fame quarterback and uh, making him happy, you got to take a wide receiver in this situation. I mean. And, and by not doing that, you basically, like Chandler said, put the nail in the coffin. And we'll we'll talk about, you know, all that Aaron Rodgers stuff uh, next podcast because uh, there will probably be new new news brewing yeah. about it and uh, more conversation, more speculation, all that uh, sort of thing. But, yeah, um, if there's one pick that we could say that, man, uh, besides, you know, not uh, the Bengals not taking Panay Sewell, um, like just that mistake, uh, it would probably be the Packers just, um, you know, with everything that's gone on with Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that, like, that, that and taking J.C. Horn too high. Yeah. I love J.C. Horn. I think yeah. he's going to be a great pro. But I, think I don't think that's too bad, but I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I think the Panthers could have uh, weaseled, weaseled back their yeah. way because that eighth pick was coveted. There, there yeah. was a lot of people who were probably giving up the bag, giving up like – I mean, I forget what – And J.C. Horn was, it was not uh, on that level. It was, it was like 1980 uh, – uh, I forget the year. But it was between the – I think it was the football team and the Steelers. And it was like they traded the fifth pick – to the it was the, I think it was the Raiders who who drafted Ricky Williams do you remember um he had just come off a season at Texas literally breaking all rushing records yeah and the I forget who had the fifth pick I think it was the football team in the Steelers what year are we talking about? no it, was, it wasn't the football team hold up it was like 84 85 now Ricky Williams got drafted in 2000 in 1999 it was Mike Ditka in the the Saints yeah okay. so the Saints traded with the football team to get the fifth pick it might not have been the football team, but they definitely they traded to get the fifth pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Ditka literally gave up the entire draft, their picks first through six, yeah. um, and just to get Ricky Williams at the five spot. And he literally did not stay there for more than three years. He went to the uh, Dolphins in his, I think it was either his third or fourth year, and became an All Pro in his first year. <laughs> but he never Jeez. rushed. He didn't rush for crap for the yeah. Saints. And Mike Ditka was fired after they went three and thirteen the following year. Yeah. So. You think it could be one of those situations that we're looking at? No. I don't think it's going to be that I, bad. I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah, yeah, but I know. I was just saying, you know, sometimes there's smarter ways to handle your team in the draft. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit of a reverse way trading up. But, yeah, that, that, that was just a story I heard today, you know, with all the draft buzz right. going on. They share stories. I thought that was right. a pretty interesting one. But, uh, yeah, the first round, just to sum it up and finish up with these last three guys, the Bills end up taking Gregory Rosal, the DN out of Miami, solid pick. Yeah. Um, the Baltimore Ravens at the 31 spot take – Odafe Owe, if I pronounced that correctly, probably didn't. The outside linebacker at Penn State, the second linebacker for Penn State taken. Um, so shout out to them. And then at the 32 spot, the final guy in the first round, Joe Tryon. Yeah, Tryon. Maybe Tryon. I don't know. Yeah, Tryon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the linebacker out of Washington, another solid pick for the Bucks. Wrapping up our first round, we will probably give uh, a little bit more on the draft and just overall NFL news in our next podcast. But just to sum up this podcast – and close out, we're going to give just a little thoughts on the NBA standings right now. We're not going to go too in-depth because we usually like to go ham on the NBA and give like an hour-long podcast. Yeah. But just to give the standings as of right now, in the East, to go one through eight, we go Nets, Sixers, Bucks, Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Hornets, Pacers, and then Wizards at the inning of that 10 spot. Yep. Um, the East has been pretty similar. 
Um, hasn't really changed too much. The Knicks are looking like they will be that four spot. Them, the Celtics, and the Hawks are really battling, and the Heat, um, all from four to seven. That yeah. that can get mumble jumbled up, but those those for through seven, that's a lock. Yeah. And then you got the eight with the Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards is where things are gonna get really spicy. Lamelo Ball's back for the Hornets. That's really big. The Pacers are kind of sliding. They have not been winning games. They're four and six in their last ten. Well, the Hornets are three and seven without yeah. Ball, so that's big. They get him back, and then the Wizards. Russ has been doing amazing things. He's been. We haven't talked him, about man. him enough, but he has been going crazy, insane with triple doubles. Yeah. People talk about him stat padding his records. And tri- it's like he's one thirty four and forty four when he's getting, when he finishes with a triple double. Yeah, he's. Like, I mean. He's been playing absolutely nuts, averaging 21.6, 11, and 11.6. And, his, you know, his field goal percentage is, you know, kind of low. It's at 44. But uh, in terms of my favorite player, Damian Lillard, he's shooting 40, 44% as well. So um, people act, like to talk about, you know, Russell Westbrook being inefficient and stuff like that. And, I'm you know, Damian Lillard is my favorite player and stuff like that. So I'm constantly looking at that those comparisons. I'm like, if you want to give that hate to Russ, I feel like, you know, even though Dame's my favorite player, you should give some of that hate to the guys who, you know, we're, we're maybe not hating as much. But uh, Russ has been killing it. Wizards won nine of the last ten. I see them taking that nine seed over the Pacers because they're trending in the right direction. And uh, I think they might be a scary first round team for uh, whoever faces them. Um, maybe not the Nets, obviously, but uh, they're, they're, the they're rolling in the right direction. Damage. Yeah, they definitely could yeah. sneak in this playoffs. And it looks like they have a strong chance yeah. of doing so. When we look at the Western Conference, though, we have the Suns overtaking the Jazz for the yeah. one spot, which is the biggest surprise. And so we have Phoenix one, um, Utah two, the Clippers three. The Nuggets still in the four spot. Jokic is going insane. He, he look like is looking like he will solidify this MVP just because he does not have any help. Jamal Murray's hurt, and he's still willing this Nuggets team to a four seed in the West, so much respect. Yeah. The Lakers now are in the five spot. They were that last time we discussed them, but now they're getting LeBron back. So we do not know if that will change their um, rankings. I think it maybe could bump them up maybe to the four spot, but they really are five games back of that spot. And it's not looking – I don't know if they can really turn it around that much, but we'll see. The Mavericks coming in the sixth spot, the Blazers in the seven, the Grizzlies in the eighth spot, the Spurs in the nine, and the Warriors in the ten. Um, the West, it's still looking really top-heavy. Obviously, we got yeah. some spicy teams in the bottom with the Warriors. People were saying Steph Curry was about to be MVP a few weeks ago. People were getting so hyped. He's in literally the seventh spot on the ladder. But, yeah, there's, no, team, there's no teams that really I'm afraid of in the West besides the Suns, Jazz, Clippers, and Lakers, you know. We can talk about the MVP a little bit, but give Chris Paul the MVP. Do it, no, please. Listen no, to I me. No, I think I I don't want to give it to Embiid anymore. I think he still deserves it in my eyes, but I mean we're not even playing for the. He's yeah. not playing for the MVP at all. We're trying to. He's trying to win the finals this year. Yeah. He hasn't played a fourth quarter in like literally eight games. He does not care about padding stats. He's just trying to get wins, stay healthy. You know, Jokic is going to have to do literally everything because he has no help. So it's going to end up going to him or Chris Paul. I'm literally fine. I'm fine with Jokic winning an MVP because of the Jamal Murray narrative. But, I mean, if you want to talk about the most valuable player, I mean, Chris Paul has been, you know, he's killing it. Averaging 16, 9, and 5 on 50% shooting. And it's not even that, like, you know, Devin Booker might be the most talented player on the team, and he might be the best. And, and there's definitely an argument for both of those players. But I saw the stat where, like, every team that Chris Paul has gone to yeah. has been, like, their record's, uh, you know – improve by leaps and bounds. I mean, just going to this team, what are they? They're 45 and 18 or something like that or something like that. Now they're number one in the West. This, this, the Suns team to even make the playoffs last year. I mean, to be the number one team in the West is pretty remarkable. And uh, it's been because of, you know, Chris Paul, he's been the, uh, 
the guy who's had the most impact on that happening. And if you want to talk about who's the most impactful player in the league, I mean, I'm going with Chris Paul right now, besides maybe LeBron, whenever LeBron's healthy. But, uh, I mean, I think if you're going by the true def- definition of MVP, I'm going with uh, Chris Paul. But, uh, yeah, he's just been lighting it up. I still want to say Embiid, but where he's not even going after this point. Like I said, he's not playing fourth quarters. He's not going for big numbers. He's just going for wins and staying healthy because we really want to make a playoff run and really want to be an actual team to make the finals because yeah. we haven't done that in a very long time. So I'm not going to argue him anymore and try to be yeah. riding the MVP Embiid train. He was I, killing it, though. I, I will let it go as it may. I think it will end up being Jokic if their record stays in the four spot. If he drops, maybe to the five. I don't know if he'll win it, and they might actually give up to Chris Paul, which would be kind of funny and crazy. But however it goes, it goes. Joel Embiid could have a 10-game stretch I, where he's re- averaging like yeah, you know, you never know. 38 something. I, I, I'm just hoping that we rather go to the finals than him win the MVP. That's what I'd pick. Yeah. So this has been the Whoop and Choop podcast. Thank you guys for listening. The show and love to us. This is our 60th episode, I believe. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. It's either 59 or 60, something around that. Around so there. just appreciate you guys for listening to us and keep keep showing love to the podcast. Keep showing love to our Instagrams at Whoop underscore Choop podcast. Um, let us know. Comment on a post if you want us to make more TikToks. We have not made one in an absolute minute. But if you want yeah. us to, comment that on our stories or one of our posts and uh, also be on the lookout for our deeper thoughts ig which you guys will be seeing very shortly i know we keep talking about it but you guys will yeah. once we post it you will know and uh if you want to go follow it it's a wc.deeperthoughts if you want to get on uh the early bandwagon but yeah thank you guys for listening and uh yeah peace peace